So welcome, you guys. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Chloe Ballatori. I'm a relationship and communication expert. I'm a graduate of Princeton University and Pat Allen's Want Institute. Pat Allen, you may have heard of her. She's kind of a local celebrity here in um, LA and Orange County. And she mentored Patty Stanger of Millionaire Matchmaker. She mentored Marianne Williamson and she mentored me and she has her own school. Um, though she herself is mostly in retirement now. Um, I use tools that I learned from her of an androgynous semantic realignment. I use tools of transactional analysis as created by Eric Byrne. And I use the tools that I've developed over the last mm, decade plus, um, because that's how long I've been doing this work. Um, I'm also over 20 years married. So everything I'm teaching you, in addition to being psychologically and scientifically backed, I've also used myself and I've taught perhaps thousands of other people. Um, what I really love about this work is it's very results oriented. Um, and when I work with people, I usually give them homework. So you do see change in your life. And that's what I what I um, prefer about this work to therapy. Most therapy in the United States, at least, is emotive therapy, meaning you go and you talk and you hear somebody reflect your feelings and listen to you. And that's very valuable but it doesn't usually affect a major change in your life. So after a while, some people want more than that. Um, and that's how I came to this work because I had kind of run out of road on therapy. You know, I just didn't really see it um, changing my life. So I saw a tremendous result in a friend. And when I saw that, I wanted to learn what she was doing because she really turned her life around in three years. Got married after being a single mom, got a great job, was making lots of money. Um, you know, just her whole life really upgraded. So she started a group with Dr. Pat and that's how I started out. Um, and yeah, so that's about me. I'm going to give you a little introduction to this work, um, the principles of it. If you don't understand everything, that's okay. A lot of times it takes some repetition to understand things. I know for me, when I first learned this work, I didn't really understand it or necessarily buy into it. But again, I had seen a result and there was something in it that resonated for me. So I kept coming back and lo and behold, it changed my life. And then when I saw I was good at it, I wanted to share it with other people. Okay, so what are we talking about? What's ASR? What's TA? What is this work? When we talk about relationships and particularly about successful relationships, what we look at is balance. And primarily we look at the balance of the yin and yang energy, also known as feminine and masculine. We live on a planet in which duality is ever present, right? We have night and day, we have pain and pleasure, we have yin and yang, um, and one doesn't exist without the other, and there are all the gradations in between. Um, yeah, if you want to explore more about yin and yang, there's a great book called 
The Yin Yang of Life by Dr. Kim and Dr. Lee. And they really break down everything in the universe between feminine and masculine. It's pretty, it's pretty eye-opening. Um, but I'm not going to get too into detail um, on that here. That work is thousands of years old, right? That's ancient Chinese philosophy. But we also have more recent work, the biologist Roger Sperry, who won a Nobel Prize for his work with newts, which where he definitively proved that all of us have a right hemisphere in our brain that is feelings oriented, that is the yin center. It's the seat of sexuality, spirituality, sensuality, magic, nonlinear thinking, creativity, receiving, passive, patient, vulnerable. Yin energy is very much in the world to make it fun, but it's not of the world. This is the world of spirituality and magic. Then we have yang energy, and this is left brain activity, right? Uh, this is competitive, conquering, controlling, the world of ideas, the world of most of us are in our yang energy when we're at work. This is um, the world of linear thinking, of achieving, doing, giving, um, taking care of, okay? And yang energy is very much of the world. So all of us are both. All of us are yin and yang. Um, but and all of us have a unique balance within ourselves that is authentic to us. Um, this may change as we get older because we have different um, hormonal changes. Typically, women become more masculine because we drop off in estrogen and men become more feminine because they drop in testosterone. Um, but these, this is, you know, this is our basic duality of who we are. Um, it's often follows that we women are predominantly in the feminine energy and men are predominantly in the masculine energy. I'd say like 75, 85% of the time, but sometimes you have women who are more authentic leading with their masculine energy and men who are more authentic leading with their feminine energy. And that's fine too. Again, what we look for is balance and the balance is within yourself, but also within the relationship. Um, you know, you don't always have to be thinking about these tools, but they certainly help in awkward situations um, and also for conflict resolution. So that includes first dates, right? That includes, you know, fights with your partner, um, long-term relationships. Anyone in a long-term relationship knows you have to get good at conflict resolution. So these tools are really good um, when it comes to that as well. Now, as I said, all of us have a unique balance of feminine and masculine energy. But when we've had any kind of trauma in our lives, especially childhood trauma, this may throw us out of balance and into a state which is known as ego dystonia. Um, anything that happens between the to us between the ages of zero and 12 tends to have a greater import um, than anything that happens after that, simply because of the time that it happens during the critical developmental windows of humans. And that's Freud's work. Um, he was right about that. 
um, Freud brings it, you're pretty much cooked by age three and definitely by age 12. Now he thought that there was nothing you could do, that the brain was fixed. Now we know the, that we can change the brain. And there's a great book um, by Norman Deutsch called The Brain That Changes Itself that goes into detail. It really talks a lot about stroke victims, but you can really understand how working with your own brain, you can change patterns in your life and in your in, in your behavior. Um, so he was, so Freud was wrong about that, thankfully. Um, oh. So again, when we have childhood trauma, that can throw us out of balance. And then we spend the rest of our lives kind of trying to get back in balance and trying to resolve that trauma. If we're unconscious, we are doomed to repeat the cycles that we went through in our childhood because the psyche will will try to resolve the trauma by finding current present day people who will fill the roles that were occupied in childhood. When we have childhood trauma, we form what's known as a script, which is our basic understanding of the world. And these are what we think are existential truths, but they're really strategies of the moment that are created to get along with the people who own the refrigerator, right? Because human, human infants and children are, are very dependent. We're not a species that just gets born and goes off on its own. Um, so we often have to sacrifice our authenticity as children in order to form attachments and to be taken care of and to survive. But the good news is, is that once we enter adulthood, we can dig in on our authenticity more so that we then can choose who we attach to um, and attach to people who are aligned with who we are authentically. Now, maybe that will be the people who raised us. Maybe it won't. Um, you know, it, it's it, every case is different. But what we usually see is these issues as child in childhood, childhood trauma showing up primarily in our romantic relationships, and that's where um, that's just where they tend to show up first. So a lot of times I help people resolving that, understanding their scripts and any patterns that don't serve them because we don't want to sabotage ourselves from getting what we want. So that's kind of the work in a nutshell. Um, if you guys have any questions about anything I've said, we you can ask me that. Um, I'm also going to open it up to questions and updates from you guys. Um, I'd love to hear what's happening after I give you something to do, you come back and do it and report back. That's always great to hear. Um, this is my favorite part. Most people ask about relationships, but I also get questions about communication, family problems, uh, work situations, you know, date, um, dating and relationships are my specialty, but you know, this work really expresses and executes on the truism of yin and yang. And so that means it it translates to a lot of different spheres. Um, and when you do this work, you see changes radiating throughout your life. Even if you don't understand everything I'm saying, once you start practicing some of this, these tools, 
you will experiencing it. You will experience it. And then that will help you understand it on a deeper level. So if you have a question, you can put it in the chat. You can raise your hand, um, a question or an update. Uh, Lee. Hey, Chloe. Hey, welcome back. How are you? Good to hear, good to hear your voice. I actually think Ryan raised his hand first by like a split second. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, okay, well, just, you know, don't go on too long. No, I just, it's nice to hear your voice. I, last week I was at a chili cook-off. I couldn't make it, but um, I have some bad news. <laughs> Unfortunately, a couple did the day before uh, Valentine's, uh, my the girl I've been seeing and I parted ways. Mm. Um, it was two months of dating and... Um, there was so much good on the table. There was so much good. I wanted this to work so bad and I was so hopeful and I was, I, but you know, I, I, I'm very proud of how I handled it, but um, basically the long and the short of it is basically like you said a couple of weeks ago, we were, we were going for two weeks at a time and I would only see her like once every week and a half week, two weeks. And I had made plans for Valentine's, but you know, like last Saturday, she, she, because of her situation, uh, with her mental, the mental health, right. Um, she just can't, she just can't go out. She doesn't want to go out, leave the house. She didn't feel like she was able to see me. And, mm. and it was just, I was like, that's frustrating. It's always hard when there's a lot of things that do line up, but if just, if it's a near miss it's a near miss and, yeah and but you are getting closer i'm getting closer and i did exactly what you said i said to her i said you know i actually she we were texting it was done over text message mm -hmm. and it was basically words to the effect of like you know if i can't if i'm only going to get to see you every once every couple of weeks maybe we should consider seeing other people and then she said yeah maybe we should yeah but she she didn't seem terribly heartbroken over this um well obviously you know it's just like i said in the introduction her issues are coming up right she's trying to get into a romantic relationship and her issues are coming up that's preventing her from leaving the house and she has an opportunity to get over some of those issues. And I think that you probably already helped her do that in a way, you know, inadvertently. Um, but she just not, might not be there yet. You know, she just might not be aligned with where you're at now. That's probably what it is. That's, that's really the only update. I mean, not question though, how, how long do you think it will take before the oxytocin resets from this? This was two months it was a very draining experience. Um, it was, it's kind of like a weight off my shoulders, but at the same time, it's really sad because, you know, it was the yeah. first quote unquote girlfriend I'd had in a really long time. Yeah. And you know what? And that was, I want you to acknowledge to yourself that that was a big success on its own, you know, you, yeah. you pursued it, you went on more than 
a first date, you guys were trying to negotiate a relationship, you know, you were patient with her, you got to practice the tools. Um, you know, I think you handled it really compassionately. So um, I applaud you for that. Oh, and, you. you know, I, I just, I want, I know it's so disappointing, but I do want you to see that it's also an achievement because look also you didn't waste a ton of time two months isn't that long i think in eight weeks you're going to be feeling a lot better yeah you got to get out there and try to try to get back on the horse as soon as you can yeah i I feel like it's not going to be immediate but i am at least kind of i've got a very supportive group of friends thank goodness you know right and the karaoke community and stuff and they're really great and for the most part, just a really supportive crowd. And even the folks up at, I know at the brewery are, are super encouraging about whatever. So, so I think you're right. I will get through it. And it's just, you know, it was, it was a good experience for me like that. And um, I'm sad about it, but that's, that's where we stand. And I, I don't think I could have gotten this far without your help, honestly. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear it. And I'm really, really optimistic about the next level up for you. Yeah. I'll keep so, you posted. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Excellent work. Okay. And you guys also are free to ask any questions about work that I do with others as well. Okay. Ryan. Hello, Chloe. Hi, Ryan. How are you? How can I help you? Well, I've been doing what you've suggested. I've been doing the five flirts. Just mm-hmm. today, I was at a Starbucks to do the uh, sit down and, I mean, playing yourself kind of flirting. Right, the seated one. Just, Very good. We were just sitting there reading a book and drinking some coffee and trying to smile at girls. And uh, But I didn't uh, meet anybody, but it was still good. Good. But there was also one instance where it didn't work where i was just walking around a place and trying to smile at girls where it kind of didn't work okay i was uh walking in the mall and i was walking right next to these two girls i smiled at them for like uh, three seconds and then they looked at me but then i turned my head and they kind of got scared and then i heard one of them call me a fucking weirdo to her friend so they so i didn't uh Right. Okay. I just kept on walking. (laughs) I ran into them again one more time, and then they got a little creeped out by me, but I didn't really uh, say anything. Then there was another time where I saw them, but I just kept walking past them. I walked past them because I knew that was a kind of thing to do, just keep on walking. Right. I mean, try not to take it personally. You know, it's just um, you're just not going to land with everybody. And, you know, women do have to be a little defensive about that sometimes. So I think overall though, it's probably easier to approach a woman who's alone. Okay. You know, um, and I generally think it's best to go alone to do that. I mean, if you go with somebody, you can split up and then meet up later. Um, but in general, it's easier to meet some people when you're alone. I always, uh, walk uh go places alone okay i always uh, go to the mall alone okay good yeah so 
um, do you have any questions? Do you, I mean, you know, I do, you know, you got to kind of like keep doing it for a little bit and then see, um, you know, what happens if the mall's not working, you might want to, you know, switch it up, maybe try like dog park or somewhere else, you know? Okay. I'll uh, see what I can find. Okay. Okay. But well, I don't really have any question. I just wanted to tell you my uh, status. Oh, okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um yeah, it sounds like you're you're making some progress. You know, Thank just you. just persevering and doing stuff begins to start to change your energy. And I've had clients and myself included have such dramatic changes of energy from doing this work that their physical appearance changed. Um, I usually tell the story of how I had a big breakthrough like nine months into doing this work and I lost like my muffin top overnight. And it was because I had had been storing so much cortisol in my stomach. And when I finally made a stand for myself and cherished my own feelings, it dropped. Um, and people were really stopping me and asking me what I did just beyond that. Even not just because of the weight loss, but it just people end up starting you change your energy and you start to look different. So even if you haven't had the result you want yet, you're building. Okay. Does that make sense? Makes that, yeah, that does make a lot of sense because it could, um, doesn't really uh, keep uh, going. We are like, I mean, you'd like have to like uh, keep on progressing, keep making kind of the um, connections and just uh, keep trying your hardest and eventually you will get results yes you absolutely will like i said play around with the place a little bit um <clears throat> and um yeah it just sometimes it takes a little bit of time yeah but thank you you're welcome excellent work um that's you know a lot of it is showing up and and persevering okay um does anybody else have a question? I'm not seeing anything in the chat. I'm going to put in my credentials. I've written four books on this work. So if you guys want to check those out, those are on Amazon. Uh, my most recent is Daddy Issues. Um, my first book, How to Live, is kind of the basics of this work. I also am on TikTok and Instagram. So you guys can uh, check out those. And I teach this work a few times a year in smaller module packages. If you want to sign up for one of those, I'll probably be doing another round in spring. And of course, there's my website, which is chloesconsciousnesstraining.squarespace.com, where you can find a lot of collateral. Okay. Um, you guys, Aaron. Okay. Hi, Aaron. Hey, uh, I'm kind of new to this, and uh, this is my first time here, so. Welcome. Hey, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, look, I really don't know how to ask this because I've been, well, I haven't really gotten myself out there, so, and I really want to. So I guess my question is, where do I even start when it comes to dating? Um. Okay, so you're single now. Is that yes. right? Okay. Okay, so what I assign to my single clients is something called the five flirts. And that is what Ryan was alluding to when he was talking. And so what you're going to be doing is you're going to be flirting five days a week. Four of those are just going to be in the course of your normal 
day, like going to the supermarket or walking your dog or whatever it is. And then one's going to be a seated flirt where you're going to plant yourself for 45 minutes to an hour so that you have like an opportunity to get something going. Just, you know, you have a little bit more space to do that when you're seated somewhere. Um, let me ask you a question first. Which is more important to you? Do you want your feelings cherished or your thoughts respected? Everybody wants both. But which is more important? My thoughts respected or my feelings cherished? Yes. Uh, well, realistically, both. But I would actually say my uh, thoughts respected. Okay. So that's the masculine or yang energy. So that means that you're going to be the person making the first move, um, i.e. speaking. When you see someone you like, whether it's in the seated or the walking flirts, you're going to give them five seconds of eye contact and a smile at the same time. If they're interested, they will return the eye contact and smile. That's your signal that you can approach. Without that, I don't recommend you approach, okay? It's all really about the eye contact. And so just like Ryan was saying, he had some eye contact, he got a bad feeling, then he heard the girls not, you know, thinking well of him, so he moved on. Um, A lot of men are worried about making or seeming like creeps, but it's not creepy if the girl smiles at you and gives you eye contact. It's only creepy if you keep pushing past what's a clear no, okay? Um, so you're going to be flirting four of those walking, one seated. On your seated flirt, pick a spot where you like the look of the women that frequent there, you know? Maybe it's the Starbucks by your house. Um, maybe it's, um, the golf course, maybe it's, uh, a certain, you know, section of the beach, whatever it is, you can play around with it. But if you've noticed that you've seen a lot of attractive women in a certain spot, that might be a good place to start. Plant yourself there 45 minutes to an hour, you know, use your phone, bring a book, whatever it is. Um, but again, go alone. And that way, if somebody does catch your fancy, you know, you can offer her a seat. You can say, um, you know, give her a compliment. You know, you don't need to overthink what the opening line is. You know, you can make a joke about something that's happening in the, in the atmosphere. Um, since you're in the masculine, what you're going to be looking to do is cherishing her feelings. You know, so if that's as simple as she says, I'm cold and you close the door, you know, or, um, you know, I need to go to the bathroom. You show her where that is, you know, you think about what, you know, being helpful and what that, what some of those things might be, but that's how you sh exhibit your masculinity in that initial meeting is by cherishing her feelings. Okay. Um, and then, you know, report back and let me know how it goes. I, people meet, this is really pretty tried and true. So this is, um, this is a, again, it's called the five flirts and you will meet people doing that. Is, does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Do you have a question? Um, I'm just worried about the possible reactions because as Ryan said, one of them thought he was a fucking weirdo. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> right. Look, I mean, unfortunately, rejection is part of the game, right? Not everybody is going to float your boat and not everybody's going to, um, you're not going to float everybody else's boat, right? And that's fine. You only need really one person. Um, so don't extrapolate from one person not liking you to everybody not liking you. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's okay to ask and it's okay to say no. So as long, you know, as you're trying, you will start to desensitize because ultimately at the end of the day, like, do you really care? It's just a strange girl. You don't know her. For all you know, she's mentally ill. You know what I'm saying? It's like if somebody, if you're driving by and somebody yells mean, ep, like <laughs> I use this example. I was driving one day and, and someone on a bike, I wasn't even near her, but someone on a bike screamed in my window. Do you want to die today, bitch? Um, Damn. Okay. You know, but it's like, am I going to take that personally? She doesn't know me. I don't know her. Yeah, but she just drove by and insulted you. I think that right. would affect you in some manner, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't thrilled, but I kind of also laughed because I just thought it was so extreme, you know? Um, so I think, you know, you can, you'll over time start to develop like a little bit of a thicker skin on it and just using that logic to yourself. The reason it hurts is because it hits a childhood wound. So you have to bring certain presence of mind into the moment. This is not you being rejected by your mommy and daddy. You know, this is not you on the schoolyard. This is not that. This is just some girl who's not interested. Okay, next. There's a bazillion girls out here. There's a lid for every pot, you know? And so as it will free you so much to not let that prevent you from finding someone, just some, some, stupid person or just some stupid i don't know if they're stupid all of us can be stupid sometimes but um just some stupid comments you know yeah okay i hope that helps a little bit well try it if you can't get all five flirts down try to do three you know or try to just start with the seated flirt but try something because okay. the key is getting out there and getting your momentum going. Yeah. You understand? I'm yes, I'm okay. I fully understand that. Okay. It's just just kind of hard for an introvert to, like me to do. Totally. Totally. But it's good exercise for you. Cuz even if you're an introvert, you have that other side. You still need companionship. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, we'll try it out and let me know how it goes. All right. Oh, well. And you guys can either, you know, come back to meet up. I also do private sessions with men, with women, with couples, with teenagers. Um, even if you have a quick question, you can shoot one out to me um, on Instagram or through my website. Um, if I can, I will answer it. If I can't, I will, you know, suggest we set up a session or I'll, I'll meet you at meetup. Okay. What are these? Oh, yeah, I see Anita has a question for the. She's oh. asking about the other perspective. Do you ask women to do the same thing as well? This is very difficult for an introvert. Right? Oh, okay. 
I don't take the initiative to start the topic, but if the other person takes the initiative, okay, exactly. Okay. So Anita, um, welcome. I'm reading your question. I'm going to ask you, are you, you're, are you in the feminine position or do you want your feelings cherished or your thoughts respected? Which do you want more? Um, I guess the um, for um, logic, um, I need to be respect first, and then um, feel to be cherished. Okay, so you want you yeah. your your thoughts respected. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So then you, that's the masculine position. So that means uh -huh. that you are going to be making the first move. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. If you don't want to make the first move, then that's the feminine uh -huh. position. If you want to be pursued, uh -huh. if you want to be taken care of, if you want your feelings cherished, then that's the feminine position. Now, I I'm totally get where you're coming from. I wanted both. Mm -hmm. to, everybody wants both. We all of us want both. And when I first started this work, I was already with my husband, but we were in Rocky State. And we, Dr. Pat was asking us the same question. Do you want your thoughts respected or you want your feelings cherished? And we were both putting our hands up for both, same time. Um, and we didn't really understand why you have to pick one. But it's, again, it has to do with the duality of the universe and the energy of yin and yang. Now, you don't always have to think about these things, but in awkward situations like first dates um, and also for conflict resolution, this is the stuff that really, really comes in handy. And a lot of times you will subconsciously or unconsciously send mixed messages to men so they don't know if they're competing with you or if they're supposed to take care of you. Um, you know, there's a lot of confusion. Part of it's the feminist movement. A lot of us alpha women, um, have been used to being very masculine and controlling at work. And so then when we are going to our relationships, we're not quite sure, do I want to be controlling or do I want to receive? Do I want to take care of, or do I want to be taken care of? Um, and again, the reason that you can't do both at the same time is because that's an act of narcissism. And then that means that the other person has nowhere to go. It's a setup for power struggles. So a lot of times people will struggle over the control over the relationship, which is the masculine energy, or the feelings and the sympathy in the relationship, which is the feminine energy. And these are the most predominant problems in communication in dating and relationships. And that's why these tools are really so revolutionary to execute on the principles of yin-yang. Because yin-yang is old stuff, but the tools to execute is pretty are pretty new. Um so what do you think? Because if you want to be taken care of and you want to be asked out, then you're not by definition in control. Do you understand? But um, is it possible that you feel being cherished without respect? Well, I'm not saying that you never get respect. I'm just saying that in awkward situations and conflict mm -hmm. resolution, you're going to go for your feelings 
first. Mm. And it does take a little practice to see how that works. Uh -huh. um, and sometimes, you know, this work really appeals to alphas, alphas being men, women, trans, whatever, who have very strong feminine side and a very strong masculine side. And so oftentimes with alphas who like to date other alphas or be in relationships with other alphas, we have to go transaction by transaction, meaning if I start with the thought in a conflict, then my husband has to respond with the feeling and vice versa. Because if mm -hmm. it's a serious situation, um, we want to get that balanced perspective. If I come at him, I think this and I feel this, he has, there's nothing for him to do, right? Mm -hmm. and he's, I'm just dominating him. That's a, a codependent relationship. Mm -hmm. Those aren't relationships that I teach. Some people do have those relationships and that's fine. They can do whatever they want, but that's not a relationship that I teach. That's when one person's a zero, the other person's a 10. Sometimes it'll mm -hmm. flip flop, but um, the relationship that I teach, they're either what's known as convenient relationship or a covenant relationship. So the convenient is where you're kind of switching off. Um, more often the covenant is where you're probably switching off a little less and there's more of a, a division of duties. Mm -hmm. But it's, again, what we're looking for is equity more than equality. So it's that balance. Does that make mm -hmm. it a little more clear? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. So maybe think about it a little bit. And, you know, for some of my clients, they will try both sides. They'll try the initiating, they'll try the masculine and they'll try the feminine. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, when you think about it, you know, it's very hard to give and receive at the same time. Right. So try mm -hmm. to kind of look at it from a theoretical perspective. I think that will help you understand why it's important to to know where you're coming from authentically. Do you, does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yep. Okay. Okay. So, you know, it's basically like if you take, if you take control, well, then you have the responsibility. Okay. That's the masculine. If you're the one who is vulnerable, then you get to be taken care of. Right. Again, there's that yin yang, the upside, the downside, the prize, the price tag. Every catastrophe has a silver lining. Every success has a shadow. Okay. Sophia. Okay. I was um, thinking I was also conflicted on like feminine versus masculine, like in myself, like I think I would fall into a codependent relationship. Like I want to be that 10 and I want to <laughs> That's right. like, like I tell people that I don't want to put a lot of work into the other person that I only kind of want to be around when I want to be around and like <laughs> basically not have to like commit, but I also want to be chased, but I also want to take care of the other person sometimes. So I'm like really confused. I think I am feminine, but I'm also like, I don't know if I'm in the right headspace to be like in a in a covenant or a convenient relationship and just trying to figure it all out. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it, that even though you're saying you sound, you know, you're confused, it's pretty normal. Like, most alphas do have that conflict. That's why this work really appeals to us is because you have that strong feminine side and you have a strong masculine side. You're a single mom. That's masculine. You got to be yeah. like taking care of your kid all the time. So it's just going to take some effort for you to then switch into your feminine in an intimate relationship. And, you know, a lot of us who've had childhood trauma, a lot of us women who've had childhood trauma, we're not real excited to be vulnerable again, right? Um, fearful avoidant attachment style. Like, at first, I'm always, like, all, like, giddy about meeting someone new. And then when it gets real and they start seeing, like, my flaws, I'm like, oh, no, I need to back off. <laughs> right. But you're you're young, but you're so aware. And so you know that that's not a healthy pattern so like in this last situation you know you were able to like really see it through um and so you know that's the first step is really being aware of it and i get i you know like i said i totally get where you're coming from and that's sort of how i approached the work initially too because i just couldn't see feeling safe and sacrificing my control because yeah. My controls, what helped me survive as a child in an abusive home, you know, my ability to control, my ability to achieve, all my masculine qualities. Um, but then as a grown up, it started to hinder me and prevent me from being able to experience joy and experience any of the feminine sensual side of life, you know, where I couldn't receive, even when my husband was trying to give to me. And so a lot of this work is not really about dealing with the trauma that we've had, but it's really about adjusting to receiving joy in our lives and what we need to do to have that happen. And so the irony is that the stuff and the coping mechanisms that once served us and perhaps saved our lives as grownups is sabotaging us. And so that's why people like me are doing what they're doing <laughs> because you have to really investigate that and bring a ton of awareness to your patterns in order to change them. And it's always slow. Um, all spiritual and psychological work is slow, um, but there are moments of epiphanies and catharsis. And that's what I find so compelling about this work. Um, and I know some of you in this room have already had that experience. Um and so, you know, Sophia, when you're coming up against some of these situations where you're getting triggered, those are really opportunities for you to take a counteraction and not do the same thing that you did in the past, but instead engage with the trigger in a different way. Because the trigger is always a hearkening back to a childhood wound. It's not really about what's happening in the moment. What's happening in the moment is providing you an opportunity to heal and to do something different. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, a lot of learning moments when I get triggered. Like I'm always afraid that like when I show negative emotions that I'm going to be like chastised or, I mean, it happened in my marriage cause I was with a, a fearful avoidant. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you're, you're spot on though. Okay, good. Yeah, it's, it is hard and it takes, you know, it, it's like the kind of work that you don't, you know, it's not like you're going to bring home a trophy, um, but 
it's it does it requires a lot of humility to look at yourself and to see oh yeah that and that wasn't great but it's also good to see that you can make mistakes and it's okay and people don't withdraw affection people who really love you will not withdraw affection from you just because you made a mistake you know as children that's what we fear when we displease our parents Often those mistakes as children it are manifest as, oh, you're not getting dinner tonight. You're not getting help with your homework. You're not getting new clothes, whatever it is. And so it becomes very scary for us to make mistakes. But again, perfectionism is just another aspect of trying to control everything. Um, so it's good to be making mistakes because that's how we learn. Okay. Well, good. I'm, I'm proud of you. I know you're doing this work and engaging with it. Yeah. My cat's drinking water from a rose plant right now. <laughs> I love how you always put up different pictures of your cat. <laughs> okay. Okay. Does anybody else have any questions about this work or anything I've said so far? Um, here, I'm going to put my credentials in one more time. So you guys can see that. Um, I usually do this for about an hour. This is my one free event every week so that people get to learn this work and be exposed to it, um, whether they can afford it or make a commitment or whatever. So, um, okay. If nobody else has any more questions, then I'll wrap it up. Um, you will be able to find a recording of this session on YouTube, also wherever you get your podcasts. The link is here, um, Chloe with Love and Relationships. And if I don't hear from you or see you um, before, I'll see you next week, uh, hopefully, and we can check in there and connect. Um, and thanks for coming and sharing and being part of this community. Have a good night.